0: Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival, according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxious searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom, stature and in favor with God and man. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word.
1: Lord, thank you for this opportunity to look into your word and find you. I pray that you will help us to do that. I pray that you will make my speech clear and um, let there be no um, hindrance in our understanding that we will understand exactly what you want us to know today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, is it okay to ask questions in church? (laughs) That's a question, right. I'm always asking you questions, so I really hope it's okay to ask questions in church. Um, This was actually, so we're in a series, as most of you know. um, It's only six weeks, but I am exploring some questions that you have asked me. Throughout the year, and some of you actually sent me questions, and some of you I've just kind of picked them up from conversations that we've had, and this was not one of them. I actually picked this question because originally the youth group was going to do the message in a basket today, and only Ella is here. Thank you, Ella, for being here. <laughs> I mean, you you could do it, but anyway. Um, so I was hoping that this question would kind of go along with their skit. They're still going to do their thing in a few weeks. Um, But I decided to keep this question because even if it's not one that you have thought of, it is a question that a lot of people are asking or they've decided they already know the answer, which is it's not okay to ask questions in church. And the reason I know this is because I hear about it all the time. Maybe not so much here, but in my other other life (laughs) on the Internet. Um, I hear, and actually years ago, a young friend of mine said, who was starting to deconstruct and kind of pull away from the church, said to me, we have questions, and we bring them to church, and they won't answer them or even engage with them, so we're going to take our questions somewhere else. This is really kind of what's happening in a lot of cases in our society right now, and so I think it's important for us to kind of think about this. Um, There are enough people out there who have experienced church not being a safe place to question that it seems like probably, chances are pretty good that at least somebody in here or somebody that's usually here has experienced this, and so we wanna see why, why are questions okay, but this kind of makes us think more about questions themselves. How many of you have ever thought about the fact that there are different types of questions? And different reasons for questions. So what are some question types that you can think of? Explain rhetorical. That's a big word. Okay. You already know the answer, but you want other people to think about it, maybe come to that answer themselves without you telling them. Okay, so rhetorical question. What are some other kinds of questions? Go ahead, Ray. Okay, tricky questions where there might be more than one answer. Or how about trick questions where you're trying to, the Pharisees ask this kind of question a lot, where there might be more than one answer, but you're trying to get somebody to expose a weakness or a flaw or an error. Yeah. Yeah. Deep and meaningful questions. By contrast, wasteful and time-wasting questions. Yeah, that's true. Yes, there are questions. You can use a question to manipulate somebody. You can also use a question because you really want to know the answer. You can use a question because you've already decided The answer, and that is, your question is your self-defense against some other point of view. Or you can use a question because you're trying to open yourself up to another point of view. There are lots of types of questions, right? So probably the answer to can I ask questions in church isn't really yes or no, right? Because some questions may be appropriate and other ones may not. I made up a list. Um, I thought of questions that invite interaction and relationship. So an honest question always opens up the possibility of relationship. And I'm using the word relationship extremely generally. If for some reason in our society, we tend to think of that in terms of romance. And I don't, there's so much more, so many more types of relationships that you can have. But uh, when I was in uh, when I had just graduated from college, I moved to southern Connecticut where I worked as a nanny for two years and I joined this young adults group in a church. And one day, we, and we would always all go out to lunch together after church, and one day um, this guy just put me on the hot seat and asked me all kinds of questions. And all of the people around were like, oh my word, these questions are so personal. Why are you asking her these questions? And at, I was more private than than I am now, and, and it made me feel a little uncomfortable, but I got through it, and I realized it wasn't that scary, and that person and I became really good friends. And we're still, we're not really in touch anymore, but we're still friendly when he comes into the area. Sometimes we get together for lunch or whatever. Um, so questions can open up relationship because they're curious. You, you want to find out about somebody. Um, there are questions that ask for help. There are questions that ask for information. There are questions that test knowledge, like on a quiz um, or an exam. There are leading questions. There are trick questions. And there are questions, like we said, that aren't really questions. You're just using them to hold somebody off. Why might we be uncomfortable asking questions? Sometimes it's hard to actually ask a question. Okay, sometimes we get told not to. You might be afraid of the answer. Right, so, but why? Yeah, you don't want to look stupid. Any other thoughts of why you might not want to ask a question? Afraid of getting ridiculed. yeah sometimes it's uh, tough to even sure yeah sometimes you you sometimes it's even hard to figure out how to put the question together like I read this and i I have a question I sometimes say this when I'm having a spiritual direction session with somebody they'll tell me about something that's going on and I'm listening and I'm trying to listen to God at the same time as I'm listening to the person and they'll have said something and it It tweaks my interest, but I'm not really sure what the question is. And so I'll say, give me a minute. I I have a question, but I don't know what it is yet. (laughs) Oh yeah? You could be. That's true, that's true. So I actually have a hard time asking questions. This is something I've had to learn how to do. um, Because, I am an oldest child and I'm a perfectionist, and so I think somehow I've always picked up this idea that I should already know the answer to literally everything, don't know why. I just, that's something that I've had my whole life. My mom would tell you I went through a phase when I was like five where I said I know anytime anybody told me anything, even though most of the time I didn't know. Um, Or I think I should already be able to do the thing that I really actually need help with, Um, or, when you ask a question, there's a possibility that you will be rejected. You, depending on what the kind of question it is, you could be rejected by being shut down. I'm not going to entertain that question. I'm not going to listen to that question. I don't want to hear that question. You can be rejected by the answer. Maybe the answer is you're asking for help and they're saying no. Um, there, there's all kinds of rejection that can come from questions. Questions can open up relationship, but they can also shut down relationship. What are some reasons some pastors or church leaders might not be comfortable with questions in their church, might not like questions? Challenge their authority. Okay, that's a big one. Maybe they don't know the answer and they feel, like me, that they should already know the answer. Yes, sometimes questions can take you down a rabbit hole. I used to have a teacher in high school that was super boring, and so we would <laughs> just get him off on these topics. Go ahead. That sometimes happens. Yep. If you tell them the truth, they might, it, they might not like that truth, and they might leave the church, or it might cause some sort of rift or trouble in the church. There's lots of There's lots of reasons why pastors might be uncomfortable with questions. Sometimes um, I have a hard time with questions because, as you know, my thoughts go all over the place, and I just pull all these connecting things together. And so somebody will ask me a question on a Sunday morning, and I'll be like, let's file that. We're either going to have a longer conversation over coffee or a meal, or I'm going to preach a sermon about it, (laughs) because I can't just answer that in one sentence. Um, But it's a little bit unfortunate that there are so many churches where questions are not welcome because the Bible is full of questions and full of people asking questions. And in fact, the way that at least Orthodox Jewish people learn scripture and other important writings of their faith, even today but all the way back in the First Testament, is by asking questions and actually arguing. And I knew this because i read novels about this happening, but I also know this because I took a, um, a chaplaincy training course which was led by a, a Jewish rabbi, and one of my classmates was another Jewish rabbi, and they were both Orthodox, but one was modern Orthodox and the other one was closer to Hasidic. And they would have these debates in our class about God, the nature of God and whether, whether God was okay with questions, or whether you could be angry at God or not. And this is just normal. And in fact, I think sometimes we give the Pharisees a hard time, um, and we, we should a little bit because often the gospel writers tell us they ask questions to test Jesus or to trap Jesus, but it really was kind of par for the course for rabbis to engage in this kind of debate, question-asking, dialogue thing. So like when we read the story in John 3 about Nicodemus going to visit Jesus at night, maybe he went to visit Jesus at night because he actually had honest questions. He wasn't trying to trap Jesus or trick Jesus. And so he wasn't going to be part of that crowd, but he still, he still had questions. And that interaction in that story um, kind of goes like these two rabbis... Um, sharing ideas about God and Jesus kind of knew more what he was talking about than Nicodemus did but there were questions in the first testament God actually tells people to ask questions about their liturgy about their holidays on Passover the oldest child is supposed to say why is this night different from all other nights these are ritual questions by the time you've turned 13 or whatever you know the answer to that question probably before that but you still ask the question because you, want, you need to be reminded of your history, like Ray is always reminding us. You need to know where you came from. What's our heritage? So, and Jesus asked tons of questions. Um, when I was attending the journey in Worcester, um, that church, there was a sermon series that Pastor Tom preached called Questions Jesus Asked, and I think they preached a similar series at Charlton Baptist shortly after that, Um, but every single sermon was based around a question that Jesus asked somebody. So Jesus was always asking questions. A lot of times people would ask him questions, and then he'd answer with a question. (laughs) So we can say that questions and faith actually should go together. Questions don't only open up the potential for relationship between people, but they also open up the potential for relationship with God and for relationship with our own beliefs and our own faith. So, And questions and stories are the two best ways that human beings learn because they require us to get involved ourselves. It's not just in our heads. It's You have to wrestle with it, you have to wrestle with it in your head, but then it comes out in how you live, based on your conclusions. It's not just an info dump. So, um, and questions keep us curious and open to receiving more. Our faith is not static. It's not, Our, our God does not change. Let's be clear about that. Our God does not change. The truth that's in the Bible doesn't change, but how it plays out has to change with the time and the place and the people and the culture and um, what it looks like. And so when we are able to ask good questions about our faith and about God, we remain curious, and then we can learn more from God. God is able to interact with us when we're open and asking God questions. So in today's passage that Mark read for us, we see Jesus. This is like the second story about him after his birth and the the visit of the Magi. He's now a teenager, or almost a teenager, and he goes to Jerusalem for the festival with his parents and uh, their community. And probably he... uh, had some sort of, I mean, he's 12, so he's approximately the age of of Bar Mitzvah. So he's becoming a young adult. Um, And he goes to Jerusalem, and they celebrate the festival, and everybody heads back home except for Jesus, who stays at the temple, but his parents don't know that. They travel, can you imagine having a community that's so tight that you're traveling with this big group of people, and you just assume, you haven't seen your son for three days, and you just assume, or for a whole day, and you just assume that he's with other people you know and trust. And then you realize he isn't. Um, and so do you have any questions about this story, though? There's some interesting details in here that may be important questions or maybe not, but they're, it's important to notice. What questions arise? Does anybody have any questions about this? Right, because he asks questions, but he answers some too. So what questions was he answering? Uh-huh. What, what were they talking about? Yeah. Yeah. What made them decide to listen to a 12-year-old boy who asked a question? I want to know what happened, like, where did he stay for three days? Because it took his parents three days to find him. So, like, did he just sleep at the temple? Were they ask- was he asking questions for three days straight? Like, what was happening here? But here's another thing that I kind of wonder, because, yes, he answered some questions, but he asked some questions, and... It doesn't sound like they're the kind of questions that he asked as an adult once he had started his ministry. So why did Jesus have to ask questions? (laughs) Because he was Jewish, that's what they do. Okay. Yeah, thanks, John. He's human. He... You remember how a few I don't even remember what sermon this was in, but we talked about that crazy passage in Hebrews where it says that Jesus was made perfect through suffering. And you kind of think, well Jesus was God, and God's perfect, and Hebrews also tells us that Jesus never sinned, so how was he made perfect? And through suffering in this passage, in verse 52 in Luke, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And so I think we have this idea, God God never changes, and Jesus is God, but Jesus is also human, and Jesus limited his, the power of God that was his by right, Jesus got through unbroken connection by the Spirit with the Father. So the whole trinity was always there. And so Jesus, on his own initiative, didn't know absolutely everything and wouldn't actually do miracles unless the Father empowered him by the Spirit. And he allowed himself to be limited by humanity. So he really didn't know everything right away, which is good for someone like me to know. If even Jesus didn't know everything right away, I guess I can take some of the pressure off myself. Um, I wonder if sometimes we are uncomfortable with questions about faith from either from our, in ourselves, sometimes we'll think of a question and we'll be like, oh, I can't ask that, um, or when others ask us questions and we don't know how to respond, sometimes I think we're uncomfortable with questions because we think the Bible has black and white answers. We think that it's a binary, that you ask one question and this is the answer in the Bible, this is how it is, there's no variation, there's no nuance, there's no anything. Or, so we either think the Bible has completely black and white answers, or we think that Jesus came out of the womb knowing everything and able to do everything right away. But Luke is telling us here that is not the case. Jesus grew up like a human because he was a human. So if we have a dead book, we talked about the Bible last week, and we could have gone a lot deeper, but Scripture scripture itself says the Word of God is living and active. And you have experienced this. If you read the Bible or a book of the Bible multiple times at all, you will have encountered the situation where you're reading something and you understand it one way and then sometime later when you're going through something else in your life, you'll read the same exact passage and you'll notice something there that it doesn't make the first thing wrong, but it just gives you an even bigger perspective on what that actually means. This is normal when the Holy Spirit is working between you and the text. This is what happens. And so if we have a dead book or a savior who didn't actually experience growth as a human, one wrong thought, one wrong question really could be the end of us. But if we have a book that is living and active, like it says it is, and we have a savior who was once a kid like us, who sometimes scared his parents, even though technically in his case he didn't actually do anything wrong, if we have a Savior who had to ask questions in church because he didn't know all the answers automatically, then when we're following Jesus, we can follow him through the questions and the learning too. It is okay. We don't have to have it all figured out. Our salvation doesn't come from knowing all the answers. It comes from Jesus. We just got to follow him. And when we ask questions honestly, humbly, faithfully, and when we engage questions that way, that can also help us grow in wisdom, in stature, maybe not stature, (laughs) and in favor with God and people. Two. We can, when we engage our faith, when we engage our God with humble, honest, appropriate questions, we can grow in all the ways that we would hope a human would grow. And we can help others grow that way, too, by engaging their questions. So we can see how this happened for Jesus, just briefly. Um, he was the age of a bar mitzvah, like we said, so he's a young adult, but he's still pretty young. Like you said, why, why would they listen to this 12-year-old? The rabbis accept his presence and his questions even though he's young, and he started asking them young, and they didn't shut him down. In fact, they were amazed. I don't know if you've spent any time with our youth group, represented by one person right now, <laughs> but this is true for you and all of them. Um, you guys ask really good questions. Also, sometimes you have really powerful insights that our grown-up brains, who, which have fossilized a little bit more, can't see. It, hey, let's be honest here. <laughs> I, I, can say th- I can say this now that I'm half a century old. Um, I know that this happens. Anyway, sometimes I am amazed when I hear you guys, the stuff that you guys come up with. Jesus had an even closer connection to God, and so the rabbis not only gave him space to ask questions, but they were amazed, not necessarily at his answers, not just at his answers, but at his questions. It's never too late to start asking questions, but... Sometimes it can be too late to start allowing questions. And so I want to encourage us to learn how to be discerning when other people come to us with questions. Because sometimes, like we said, sometimes they're just questions. To, they're questions to manipulate, or they're questions to sidetrack, or they're questions to um, just kind of fight, It'd be a pain. Um, but sometimes they're honest questions, or sometimes maybe they're not completely honest questions, but there is a question underneath. And so when we are able to be safe places for people to ask their questions, even if we don't know the answers, if we actually listen to people, um, that is a good thing, like these rabbis did for Jesus. I have met so many people that have encountered churches where questions weren't safe that now their questions are, are kind of crazy. They're, like, they're questions that aren't actually going to help them in their lives. But it's in reaction to never having been able to ask questions at all. And they, these questions, I don't know how to describe it exactly, because I need to keep people's confidentiality, but some of the questions I feel, some questions are really good, but I feel like some questions are almost deformed. They don't quite make sense. And I think it's because these questions have been sitting in this box of their hearts for Ever, and they're only f- starting to unpack the box and everything's all tangled up and they don't really even know what they're looking at. And, so, and it's hard to engage those kinds of questions helpfully. So it's never too late to start asking, but sometimes it's star- too late to start allowing. So I want to encourage us all to be more open to listening to questions. Jesus sat among the teachers... So he, didn't, he was with the teachers, they're the authorities in this case, but he, it's not because he considered himself an expert yet, even though he already had some sense, as we can tell from his answer to Mary, that God was his father. He sat among the teachers, he sat listening to them, so he wasn't being sassy, he wasn't being bratty, he wasn't being like, hey, I'm only 12, look how smart I am. He wasn't filming a YouTube video, he asked his questions, and listened to what his elders had to say. His elders and people who had spent their lives studying. He was humble to accept wisdom where he found it. But then, he also, so he listened to their teaching, he also asked them questions. He asked after listening, so he took in the information, and then he interacted with the information. He asked about it. He got more information. He went deeper. He didn't just take it at face value. He dug in. Interacting with what they were saying helped the wisdom and the knowledge to stick and also helped him start to form some of his own ideas. And then Luke tells us everyone was amazed at his understanding and his answers. At his understanding and his answers. So he listened, he asked questions, and then he was able to synthesize all that and come out with these amazing things, clearly he understood. He had obviously done some of his own thinking. He was taking the information his elders were giving him and expressing it back to them in a way that showed that he got it. He wasn't just parroting what they said. He wasn't just quoting information. He was re-expressing it to them so that he got it. He really got it. So. Is this church a safe place for questions? I hope that that's your experience, because that's my, that I would like it to be, but I'm open to you telling me that you have not felt safe with your questions here. Um, none of us knows more than Jesus. And Jesus, even Jesus, had to ask questions. So I encourage you to ask questions. Questions. Allow yourself to ask questions. Not to um, try to overthrow your own faith, but to try to be curious. Be more curious about God. Be curious about God. When you want to get to know somebody, you want to know about them, right? And you ask them questions, and you spend time with them, and you get to know the things that they like to do. You do some of those things with them. and. Um, God wants us to get to know him so that we can get to love him because He already loves us, so that we can become like him and so I like I already encouraged you I encourage you to go to the Saturday Bible study if you're available um, if you have if you think that you might want to lead a Bible study, um, we can have a conversation about that we will be working on something for the fall, I think. Um, I also really encourage you to do some personal Bible reading. That's not very specific right now. If you need help finding something for right now, um, feel free to ask me and we can come up with maybe a reading plan for you. And I would say that, you know, last week we talked about what Scripture is and. If you could completely understand it right off the bat, it wouldn't be the powerful, unique book that it is. So when you read it, don't get discouraged. If you don't totally know what you're reading, write down your questions. We can have a conversation about it sometime. Talk to the deacons. Ask God questions. This is what I started doing when I was about 15. I started reading the Bible and asking God my questions. And that was a game changer. I still do it, Um, So, and probably how I'm able to be here. (laughs) Probably the first reason. Just like when Jesus was here, who sometimes asks questions when you ask him a question. Don't be surprised if he asks you a question back when you ask him a question. He might. It happens sometimes. But he loves it when you ask him questions, I promise. Because genuine, curious questions, especially directed to God, are an invitation to a deeper relationship. And that is what God wants with you. Let's pray. Lord, it's hard to even understand how we can have a relationship with you because we can't see you. Um, and so the idea of asking you a question can sometimes be, feel like talking to an imaginary friend a little bit. Uh, I pray for each of us this week, though, that we'll try it, that we will try to get to know you better, that we will try to engage your word um, at least a little bit this week, and that we'll ask you something about it, and that you will, in some way, in the way that each of us is able to perceive you. Uh, that you will give us some kind of answer or some kind of response. Thank you that you love us. We want to love you better. In Jesus' name, amen.